moment. I was interesting to hear if you if you got any takes on that. And that is, of course, the the Mayan people, and, and I guess even the the Mayan calendar in one sense. Uh, I've always been curious to know if if the when the Vatican people, I guess, were going over there, actually found some stuff uh, that they themselves actually picked up on um, relating to the end of time or something like that. Um, in regards to picking up something from their religion, you know, they had the Quetzalcoatl character over there and so forth. Yeah. Um, is this something you you uh, you can uh, you can go into? Do you, do you know something about I, that? I think, to be honest, the, the whole Maya thing is is, is either overdone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or deliberately put there as there is a red herring. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it fascinates people the whole thing, but it does. I mean, no one's deciphered any calendar yet. Uh, that's the bottom line. In fact, they had that stone for a hundred odd years, and mm-hmm. it was only uh, some initial science fiction writers who began to write about it as though it were a calendar. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been deciphered. Now we have to realize too that, uh, like Adam Weishaupt said, the greatest way to attract people into a movement um, is to give them a great mystery. Yeah, indeed. And he was, remember, the founder of of one of the sects of the Illuminati. Yeah. So he should, we should always take a, a good note of what they say. Yeah. And so they're very good at giving us red herrings down through history to chase, which always fascinate us, hmm. and yet would bring you to the conclusion that you want, they want you to bring to, which or come to, which is that there's nothing you can do about something that's preordained, it's planned. Mm-hmm. And, and then you go along with it. Now, that's the same trick they used with revelations in the Bible for thousands of years. Yeah, sure. You can't do anything about it. See, it's written in that book. It's going to happen anyway. Exactly. Well, it's the same trick as to make you believe that, that everything is futile. You, you can just have to go along with things because you can't do anything about it. <laughs> this, is, this is a predictive programming that's understood in the higher mystery schools. Yeah. Now, Maya, if you... If you were to speak in a spoken word, remember, first God spoke the worlds into existence. Mm, yeah. That means that God, meaning the system itself, is spoken into existence. Mm, mm. So it means take care of the spoken word mm. before you take the spell of the spelling. The spell can put you under a spell. <laughs> that's why it's called spelling. Uh, that's, yeah. that's no joke. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so the spoken word, you have Maya, which is I am backwards. Mm, yeah, Every right. Freemason must say, I am, <laughs> to reach his, his higher self, you see. Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, we have to realize that the, the, even the names, the modern names we give to these peoples were not the same names they had a few hundred years ago. Mm. They're modern names we have given to them. Indeed. Or somebody gave to them. Uh, I mean, even uh, just as you say, may, uh, may, if, you, if you punch up... Uh, May uh, on just simply Wikipedia. It, it Wikipedia. It comes from uh, the Greek goddess Maya, spelled M-A-I-A. That's and right. and I mean again that we can connect May as we spoke of in the regular show with with this uh, name that they're given to these South American people called called the Maya. I'm sure they don't call themselves that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, really, uh, the, the closest you would get to what they were called before was Mezi. Because it means the corn. Corn, yeah, right. Corn, you see. Yeah, sure. And their whole life used to revolve around their food, which was the corn, the maize. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and so, so it's been it's been changed over the, the last hundred odd years. Sure, sure. 
So it's a recent term, and must ask why they give it a new term. Mm-hmm. And it's Masonic. And, and what you have to also realize is that the higher boys who are pushing this stuff that seem to come from South or Latin America are also Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- including the chiefs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Alistair Crowley himself, who was up there with the OTO, and was a member of, of pretty well every Masonic organization, I had gone up the degrees in them all. He completed his degrees in the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry uh, down uh, in Latin America hmm, really? by a native chief that, that gave him the, 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 the ending degrees. He brought him up the last degrees. Huh. Interesting. So they control the whole system, including hmm. uh, what seems to be native populations. The chiefs generally are Freemasons. Yeah. Huh. And you can't trust them. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, my my honest view is, you know, I, I'm I'm fascinated by the Mayan calendar, and I, and I, I mean, in that sense, I might might fall right into that trap or whatever. But <clears throat> at the moment, I'm 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 re- researching the stuff, uh, you know, trying to get smart about it, try to just figure out, you know, what it is and so forth. So I mean, this, it's great to just you know talk about it and and elaborate on the possibilities of it. But mm-hmm. again, I think that it is. Nonetheless, I mean, even if this is a, a fake creation, created um, calendar and all this and so forth, it's still intriguing because they're still actually plugging this end date of 2012, meaning, you know, that the the big uh, change or 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 what have you that you spoke about earlier actually might be something that is upco- upcoming from their point well, of view. Well, it is upcoming because by 2010, mm-hmm. and this is disclosed now. Uh, the unification of the Americas must be complete. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, by 2012, the United Nations is to be given complete authority as the official world government. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. And, and so what they do is always, first of all, they put into predictions, Yeah. They pedal that to the public, uh, the public grab it because they're fascinated, uh, because they love the mystery and, and the mystique, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and, and then before they know it, they're being programmed to accept this as inevitable. Hmm. That's how you t- you train the public. You make them believe it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard heard a few stories, I guess, you know, regarding uh, that the Maya or the Aztecs and or, I guess, the, the Incas also were actually uh, anticip- anticipating the the return of this you know bearded white man coming coming across the the atlantic ocean even i guess bearing a symbol of the cross and uh, do, do you know if if there's any validity to that story at all the i'm re- certain of it i'm certain of it. you see the knights templars when they were disbanded well actually they fled mm. the knights templars were not all caught only a few were caught really and persecuted and put to death in France. Mm -hmm. The the Templars had their own fleet of ships, and it's never been disclosed where they went with their treasure and and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. However, they did have a base in the west coast of Scotland, Mm -hmm. and they used that base in Argyllshire. You'll see the old uh, graves there. I used to walk through them, uh, the Knights Templars' graves. And uh, they used that base to go to the Americas. They were in the Americas hundreds of years before Columbus came along. Huh. And they'd already initiated the, the, the chiefs into their own brotherhood. 
you'll see the same symbols in both uh, in Latin America too, as you'll see uh, within the Knights Templars organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and so yeah, the man with it who came across this South America, uh, it wasn't just one man because he appeared all over. Yeah, sure, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Different, different names, but he always wore the same uniform with the red cross. Mm-hmm. The red cross was a Knights Templar, and and they were showed how to build things, and they were shown mathematics and geometry, and uh, uh, so they were here long before. I think it's so interesting. You see, the Knights Templars claimed they would take over the world by the domination of money, having all of the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it interesting that a people come in, a white, white people come in dressed like Knights Templars, they train these people to build, they give them a religion uh, based around idols of gold, mm-hmm. they teach them how to mine the gold and, and meld it, mm-hmm. and, and even to store it, they had vast uh, caverns and caves full of these idols. Yeah. And at the right time, Christopher Columbus is sent right to that spot to collect the money. Sure, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. I think that's pretty good planning. It is very good planning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, either just as I say, either you can have this really, you know, mystical, um, you know, the way you you perceive that is that is a very mystical thing that's going on, or just as you say, it's 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 yeah. by the book, it's pre-planned, and and all these guys know exactly what they're doing. Yes. But, but I mean, like or, Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. remember, um, or Cristobal Columni, Columni itself. And Colum is one of the mystical names they love to give to their own mm-hmm. because it means the dove. Yeah, Colum. The yeah. dove, you'll see it even in ancient Egypt, comes down. Mm-hmm. That's why later on, hundreds of years later, they have the dove coming down on Jesus as the Holy Spirit. Sure. It's the mystery religion. And so he's also the messenger. So Christobal, the, the, the Christos, mm-hmm. Baal, of Baal, God, God is the Son. Mm-hmm. Baal is the Son. Uh, Columni. The dove, he comes from the sun with a message, he comes all the way across, right to the very spot where they have all the gold. <laughs> that is no coincidence. And he just got married uh, to the head of the, 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 what was the remnants of the Knights Templars in Spain. <laughs> the, the father, his father-in-law gave him the old maps. Yeah, that, that, yeah exactly, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Um, but, but you mean, are, are you saying that... The Knights Templar are responsible responsible for the pyramids over in South America. I, I'm pretty certain of it. Huh. I, I'm pretty certain of it. Um, uh, at, at least in South America, we do know that even under some of their pyramids, there's even older ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know how, how how much was produced by themselves. Um, and a, an interesting take on all of this, though, is even long before we hear of of the. The, the South American Aztecs or any of those groups. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, Barry Fell. Barry Fell was a professor from Harvard mm-hmm. who in the 1960s started to excavate places around the eastern seaboard of the Americas initially. Mm-hmm. And he was finding Roman coins, Phoenician coins, um, he found Etruscan coins, he found coinages going back all the way uh, as far as money was actually minted. And he was even finding older stuff from seafarers, much older than that, mm. along the eastern seaboards of the Americas. 
And eventually he came into a place in Ontario, Canada, with a team, and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation did a series on this excavation in Algonquin Park, mm-hmm. and he uncovered the tops of three pyramids. <laughs> and what they did too was they found beneath them, around them, they uncovered the living quarters of what seemed to be a priesthood. <laughs> and the writing was in uh, pre-Libyan and Egyptian language. <laughs> and he wrote a book, it was called America B.C. <laughs> it's well worth getting a hold of. Yeah. What was it, say the name of this professor again? Uh, Barry, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, yeah. Fell, F-E-L-L. Okay, yeah, thank you. Professor Barry Fell. Barry uh, and uh, amazing discoveries uh, put on display, a lot of the stuff. Mm. And uh, so far, uh, I think they fenced off that area that he uncovered in Algonquin Park, and now the public can't get in. Hmm. Because we're not supposed to know that there was a much, much older history to the world. Yeah. We're not supposed to know that yet. So, I mean, the, the Templars can be this, uh, I guess, uh, almost mythical uh, race, I guess, of people that, that actually, I mean, a lot of South American peoples themselves, you know, have, have, have claimed, I guess, that the many of the monuments or the cities that were built was not built by them, but by uh, some other people. Uh, that's Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we have people like the... the we existed ch- them, yeah. Yeah, the... The, 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 ch- the world is yeah. ancient, mm-hmm. absolutely ancient. It's far, far older than we've been told. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know, for instance, that the standing stones, you'll find like Stonehenge, and even older ones in Scotland, um, were pre-Druid. Mm-hmm. They just don't know who these people were. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's far, far more ancient. But what it does give you is the idea, since the building structure was the same all across the old world, mm-hmm. uh, then it had to be, there had to be an international priesthood. Because these, 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 the way that they put the stones up and the huge megalithic walls mm-hmm. uh, are, are put up the same way, they're identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building techniques were identical, which meant there was travel many, 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 many thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, indeed. Oh. Um, <clears throat> any ideas on the on the building techniques involved uh, regarding, you know, the pyramid construction? Do, do you have any clue? The pyramids themselves, to be honest with you, are not so exciting. Hmm, okay. Um, we know how they were built, even though a lot of people will say that, that it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's no mystery. We know they, they made huge ramps you see it from the air and the satellite photographs, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make a ramp in a straight line that could be almost a mile long with a gradual gradient. And mm. they'd build the bottom uh, shell, and they would build up and build the rooms inside. As they completed it, they go up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with thousands of slaves who were cheap in those days, they were disposable, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you could uh, you'd build anything you wanted to uh, and so there's not a great, uh, uh, e- even even the, the great pyramid of uh, uh, Cheops or Cheops or Khufu is a real name. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, even that one wasn't made perfectly, and that's mm. why it wasn't capped, uh, because one of the sides of it is a, is a fraction shorter than the other three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So they they couldn't put the capstone on. Hmm. Okay. 
um, all of the geometry that people, you know, discover in these monuments and so forth? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. do you think that's, that there's anything to it or just co- coincidence or, or uh, any, any takes on it? Well, no, there's no doubt at all. There's this very good building technique. Geometry itself is ancient. There's no... We haven't really improved on the science of geometry mm-hmm. uh, since the times of ancient Egypt or the ancient Greeks. They gave us most of our mathematics. Mm-hmm, yeah, sure. And uh, they had it all worked out way back then. So nothing astounds me. Now, when they came in the 1800s, when the Masonic groups tried to mystify it, mm-hmm and claim that through the measurements you could relate that to language Mm. and dates and times, again, for prediction of the future. Mm. Uh, That was the big con which they pulled on the public. Mm. They gave them a great mystery and said, oh my God, everything that happens is predicted in these measurements. Mm. And and that's nonsense. Mm. (laughs) Interesting. I'm reminded of a document uh, uh, from from Destiny magazine, a a, a Catholic... uh, um, paper, I guess, back in the 60s, or was it 30s? Uh, it doesn't matter, actually, because th- they had a, a drawing of the Great Pyramid in there with a diagram depicting, uh, I guess it was September 17th, 2001, as, as something they would they refer to as the Day of Trumpets, when, when you know, everything would change or, or some drastic measures were going to take in regards to the end-time scenario of the, of the, of the you know, church and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there might that might be a clue to, you know, that these guys, again, were involved in the mega ritual of 9-11, as it is. <laughs> oh, they, they had the mathematics, because they went by the solar clock, and they went by the heavens, because they'd already studied the stars, the movements of the stars, mm-hmm. the equinoxes. The greatest clock you have is the, is, is the one above your head in the sky. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you can plan ahead in thousands of years when you understand it. And they did write that in to their measurements. That part was true. Hmm. Um, they also used the Great Pyramids. That was the belt of Orion. Sure. The three pyramids are the, are the three stars of the belt. Hmm. And so they were showing, they were bringing down from heaven and, and putting it on earth, the actual heavens. They were making a utopia on earth hmm. by bringing the heavens down to earth. And uh, they had other pyramids built, which some of which are gone now, uh, from, an, uh, from a satellite or from an aerial photograph, you'll see the rest of the, the constellation of Orion mm-hmm. around the belt itself. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you know, one thing regarding the <clears throat> in, in common common history or o- official history, where I was told that uh, when the conquistadors went over to South America, they were burning a lot of documents and so forth. I mean, my take on it is either they actually saved these documents or, I guess, with what you're revealing to us here today, sharing with us today, is that they actually might have been covering the tracks of of themselves that these people, or the Knights Templar at least, were there from uh, from the start and actually building up the places over there then. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm pretty certain of it. Hmm. Uh, they wanted to eradicate all of the history which they were kept by the native Indians. Mm, yeah. And they burned lots of stuff, but believe you me, they take an awful lot with them to their vaults because they, they tend not to destroy knowledge, they simply hide it from the public. Uh-huh. Knowledge is power. Yeah. And and, I, and there was so much gold taken out of there. They, yeah. they, they described uh, thrones made of solid gold. <laughs> uh, they would take uh, 
in a future program, an ongoing program. Hmm. And that's what it was. And they, they, they rad, tried to eradicate all the old culture. Hmm. Um, what's interesting, too, is if you were to take, if you were to even destroy a people who had all of those abilities, the fact that they didn't re-establish themselves in the same way mm-hmm. tends to show you that, that the abilities they had shown had been taught to them. They weren't natural to them. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. they would have done the same all over again and built new cities themselves. Yeah, be- because w- one thing I, I I was kind of amazed by was when I s- were looking at pictures of uh, Teotihuacan. This is uh, the, uh, the the site in, in or close to New Mexico where the Pyramid of the Sun and the Pyramid of the Moon is located, and I was looking at pictures from the uh, 19th century, sometime uh, late 19th century, when they were over there again, and, and I guess in quotes here, but rediscovering the site. The, and this allegedly has have been taking uh, place in, in several steps. But one of the the strange aspects of it is, you know, how how come this site from the beginning actually were you know were left to itself as it were i mean people must have you know been on been on this site and and should have man- maintained it during all these years i think but but for some reason people left the area and just disappeared and i, I find that rather strange considering the you know massive amounts massive monuments that that are on on there i mean <laughs> unless those who are really in control who kept it all together disappeared yeah, a, a different mm. group altogether. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that that might be it then. Because <laughs> the ones who helped them, the helpers, the laboring classes, would just go back to themselves. And yeah, sh- stuff. sure, sure, exactly. And we know too that Oak Island there's a place called Oak Island mm-hmm. off the east coast of Canada, and uh, it's supposedly a Knights Templar base. Hmm. And they brought the oak over the acorns and they grew the oaks. They planted them. Mm-hmm. In a particular shape, uh, and and the oak, of course, symbolized power and, and might. Hmm. Uh, but they also left uh, um, uh, stones mm-hmm. in certain spaced areas on the island, uh, and, and it's all Masonic uh, symbols that they put down there, or, or Freemasonic Knights Templar symbols. Hmm. They laid out there, and they left a shaft in the ground. Mm-hmm which is, I, I think is still being worked on. It's hundreds of feet deep. Um, and there's been a, a company, uh, I think even Rockefeller was involved in it, trying to yeah. excavate the shaft, this old Knight's Templar shaft. Yeah. This is long before Columbus. Uh, this, uh, there's a myth surrounding this place that the, the Grail is buried there or whatever. Isn't that the case? Oh, there were a thousand myths. Um, <coughs> personally, I think whatever was buried there, if it was treasure, mm. Uh, was taken out and probably dispersed to set up leading families. Huh. <laughs> uh, getting back to even the Mayflower, mm-hmm. what, I, what interested me was uh, that was a time of in- incredible piracy on the seas hmm. uh, when all this was going on, and the pirate's flag was a skull and bones, mm-hmm. one of the symbols of, of, of the Knights Templars. Hmm. They were the pirates. Yeah. And they were accumulating, again, wealth and plunder. And when you look at the famous names, Bluebeard and all these characters, uh, and the fact they had a base in the Caribbean, <laughs> yeah. uh, they also buried treasures in the Americas on the East Coast. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then when you see how certain families were designated when they came in, the Puritans, to go to certain areas and suddenly became incredibly wealthy, I think this was, this was all planned <laughs> because they'd buried the wealth in certain spots yeah. for these families to come in too and become the leading families to guide this nation. <laughs> Uh, so it's again, it's, it's all pre-planned in <laughs> well in advance. <laughs> yes. Uh, there we go. You know, one thing that comes to mind regarding the the skull and bones is, of course, the uh, the, the Christogra- Christogram symbol, the the chi ro. Uh, oh yeah. And and this apparently, uh, I don't know if if you, you got any take on on this, but apparently this is the, basically the same symbol as the skull and bones. Uh, Regarding the fact that the X, of course, is is the bones, and the P refers to the pen or something known as as the head. So we got the head and the the cross, um, and of course this is a, a Christian or a Vatican symbol. But again, this is there might be a connection here again between the Templars and their skull and bones and uh, the uh, the XP of the of the Vatican. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt at all. Um, remember, the Knights Templars were a priesthood. Of the Vatican, yeah. Initially, yeah, that's true. That's true. They were an actual warrior priest. Uh, the first warrior priests who were officially sanctioned to also go out and kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They trained like an army. They lived as monks, but they were given a charter by the Vatican to exist. Mm. Their initial uh, um, cross that they wore on their 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 uh, tunic mm. was was black until their first battle then they used the blood red <laughs> after the first battle the no. blood red for the cross oh, okay um, and they were acquiring wealth all over Europe uh, they were they were the largest they were the wealthiest group in, in the whole of Europe and Scandinavia mm-hmm. and when uh, they encouraged widows whose husbands were killed in the Crusades and there was lots of them over the centuries they encouraged the widows to leave their whole estates to the Templars. Yeah. <laughs> and they were into the real estate business and the banking business big time. <laughs> they had tremendous wealth. Hmm. And they were exempt. They were the only ones who were exempt by the Vatican from paying taxes. Hmm. And uh, I think we, we've been over this uh, before maybe, but I guess that the ultimate uh, uh, perfection of all of this is, is of course that the Vatican went allegedly went after the Knights Templar and trying to cover up the trace of themselves at, as that you know when there was burned at the stake that was you know basically the last uh, that we saw of them mm-hmm. so they tried to again cover up the tracks I guess and, and just uh, uh, write themselves uh, you know out of history from that point yes hmm. and yet even yet in London uh, they have the, the Temple Bar Association. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the banks are, are run on it. The lawyer industry is run on Temple Bar. Hmm. It's all the old Knights Templars building are still there. The lodge is still underground there where mm-hmm. they go for their meetings. They wear their white gloves. They're called the Templars. Yeah, it, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, that's right. But do you know what, the, by the way, bar in in that sense mean? You you pass the bar when you graduate from law school and stuff like this. Yeah, again, it's all it's all Freemasonic. Yeah. Um, on, on a Hebrew type level, Bar means son or son of. Mm-hmm. So you become a son as well of the system. Oh. Okay. And uh, mm. uh, the profane, meaning those who are unenlightened, cannot cross the bar, mm. barred from going. <laughs> okay. And so 
it, it's a it's a twofold thing. Yeah. Um, every law court is a Masonic temple. Mm, yeah. It's run on Masonic lines. You have a dock where the profane is put into. You uh, now a dock is where you put sheep. You put the sheep into a dock. Mm. You see, mm. a pen. A pen. And yeah. uh, you're beneath the judge. The judge wears the black Saturn gown. Sure. Yeah. Because he is the god of that court. Uh, the Knights Templars, uh, all Masonic institutions, lead off every meeting officially by banging that wooden hammer, the gavel, yeah, yeah. on on the square, on the block, it's a square, and that starts it off, so there's a judge. <laughs> uh, you're going through an entire Masonic ritual yeah. inside the courtrooms, yeah. and no one's explained to us why every country is the same, <laughs> do, or, why do, even, or, or why they even wear the black robes. Yeah, what about the wigs? Do, do you know uh, any historical <laughs> aspect for that? <laughs> I often thought it so funny that the, yeah. the most serious things, <laughs> and we take it so seriously. Yeah. It, here's a man dressed in women's clothes <laughs> with a wig on. Yeah. And everyone is so solemn, and this this strange character uh, can have you put inside prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. And it's a, a man wearing a gown, you know. Yeah. A black gown. Uh, with a wig on. Yeah. Uh, and we're supposed to obey this nonsense. Yeah. And we're not allowed to know why they even dress like that. That is a tr tremendous uh, strain on the psyche to to sit that or uh, sit there and take that from a. <laughs> from it truly is. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you have a sheriff of the court. Hmm. Uh, the sheriff comes from Sharif, which is Egyptian. Mm -hmm. How did he get that name? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that right. Sure. Yeah, uh, aren't there tr uh, the the lead uh, leader of the pack? I guess uh, of the um, of some of the old um, more uh, m monastic. I think it's called uh, uh, tribes within uh, Islam, uh, pre pre Islam. I don't know. They were also called the sheriffs, isn't that right? Yeah. 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 Hmm. So there we go. That that's that's. So yeah, we're, we're living with all these strange things, which no one wants to explain to you. Hmm. Um, the ones who dress like this and act like that and get these titles wear uniforms of one kind or another. Yeah. They ha they're covered in symbols. They they make you take an oath, even though they they make sure that your own holy book of your country, whichever one you're in, mm. will tell you to take no oath. Yeah. Hmm. That's the rule. So, that, so that they let you know that, then they, then they tell you to take an oath and swear on a Bible. Hmm. You're not supposed to swear on anything. Hmm. Uh, uh, but they do it, and you raise your hand. That means you have no standing in court. Mm, yeah. Because you are pretending to be one of them as a mason, and you're not one of them. Hmm. <laughs> you have no rights. Uh, mm, it's all a, yeah, it's a, it's all a, all a ritual, <clears throat> you know, to kind of... I guess change the subject a little bit. Uh, I uh, being the sign of the times, I guess. But I, I saw a, the the movie uh, Things to Come, of course, based on the H.G. Uh, Wells book. I guess the book is called uh, The Shape of Things to Come. Yeah. Um, and and I think that the movie was uh, released in in 1936, of course, predicting the whole uh, Second World War and stuff like this. But yeah. Um, one thing that that I found very interesting in in the film was 
that the, uh, the kind of the main character, the one who survived, uh, those of those who still got the technology to build planes and so forth, that they're they're built build up their new um, world order, basically the the new government uh, with base in in Basra uh, in Iraq. Iraq, yeah. Yeah, and and I've heard you mention this uh, that actually the new, as you said, the new plan for for the I guess new world order or such is is based out of the Middle East in the in the Iraq region. W- would you like to talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, in that book he talked about the war coming with Germany. He knew that. Mm. Uh, he talked about what would happen afterwards. Then he talked about the final war beginning in Basra. Now, the British troops uh, were sent to Basra. That's mm. the, the U.S. took the north yeah. of Iraq. Yeah. Uh, the, the British troops were sent right to Basra. And in H.G. Wells's book, he said that the policemen, who he also called the Freemasons of the air, the scientific elite, yeah. Yeah. Uh, would, would build and build their bases for the world in Basra. Well, that's happening. That is the happening. The U.S. and Britain are building massive bases there, mm-hmm. uh, which are permanent. They're going to be permanent bases, but they could literally go all over the world from there. H.G. Hmm. Uh, Wells also had these police of the air, these scientific elite, uh, uh, spraying the airs above countries and gassing the people to make them submit. Yeah, the uh, tremendous amounts of gas in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you have the same thing happening today with the, with the spraying under the Open Skies Treaty. Yeah, yeah. Where they're actually doing it. Now, H.G. Wells mm. was a propagandist, an official propagandist yeah. of the British government. Mm. And he did belong to the secret societies as well. Mm. Uh, and also, he was getting the information on the future from top professors from Cambridge and Oxford his job was to write the story around it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a Shakespeare-type character, writing on uh, things to come, but basic, basically do it in a in a fictional format at the time, I guess. That's right. Uh, do you think that that could help to <clears throat> kind of lead our way towards that point? Uh, more people... Yeah, everything is predictive programming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we, when things come in through entertainment, our defenses are down. But the idea is left behind in our subconscious. Hmm. And so when it actually comes into reality in your lifetime, because the idea is there, it seems fairly normal. It's, 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 not, it's not foreign to your mind, hmm. and you accept it more easily. Yeah. Hmm. Preconditioning uh, techniques. Re- regarding the, uh, the area, as I said, do you think that the main main uh, plan for it being in Iraq is is that it is this kind of nave of the earth that you can reach all points from that point? Yes, it is. And I think it's also highly symbolic that the ancient world of their system began in Babylon. Hmm. And that's where they want to end it, in Babylon. <laughs> yeah, take it back full circle then, I guess. And give it a new beginning again. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, interesting. I, I think it even is in the the Matrix uh, trilogy, or it might be actually from the animati- animation series of that movie, but <coughs> the the robots or the machines that actually builds that symbolically, I guess, and the, the new world also takes root in, in uh, you know, as they call it, the cradle of civilization around uh, Iraq, Babylon. Yes. So, uh, yeah. And, and whatever you find, uh, wherever you see high ritualism, which never changes, mm. 
that's the key to it. Ritualism is very important to them. They, they don't change ritualism. Yeah. Uh, that's part of their religion. They have to be precise. They love ritual. Mm. And it would make perfect sense. They would bring in the new beginning uh, where, where the old system was brought in. The birth of the old would have to be also the birth of the new. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, one thing also that comes to mind of course was the was the name uh, when i uh, read stuff about it basra uh meaning of course b a b a s that's like uh, the base uh from yeah. from our language boss and yeah. then you got ra uh, from right. from the sun god and um, one thing that come to mind was uh, in in switzerland they have a, a city called basel yeah uh, <laughs> and that's a quite an interesting place i think that the world Bank is based in Basel. Do you know if if that is uh, the case? That, that's the case, Basel, mm. Switzerland, and, and Switzerland's an interesting place if you look at even the flag and the color of it, <laughs> and yeah. how it's always be, had uh, a form of neutrality that everyone's respected. Sure. Uh, in warfare, I've never understood why someone who was a real dictator mm. and a megalomaniac would obey a treaty. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. it, strangely enough, it's always been done. Yeah. And you find most of the revolutionaries for all over Europe came out of Switzerland. They were trained there. Yeah. Uh, Voltaire and all these boys for the French Revolution came from Switzerland. Mm -hmm. uh, John Knox that, that brought in the, the, the Presbyterian form of, of uh, religion into Scotland mm -hmm. was given refuge in Switzerland, and, and all of the rest of them were too. Mm. Uh, Switzerland has always been a big player mm. in, in promoting this. However, you go back to Charlemagne, who was the first authorized king and warlord, mm -hmm. used the sword to convert people to Christianity for the Vatican, mm -hmm. um, put his first bank in Switzerland. Hmm. <laughs> and this bank, this authorized, officially sanctioned bank of the Vatican, was put next to a river, which is still called the same name, but it's called the Bank of Zion. Ah, okay. The river is still called the, the, the River of Zion yeah, yeah. in Switzerland. Uh, and so Basel, mm. Basel, if you take E-L, it depends how you spell it, I-L or E-L, uh, E-L is the old Canaanite god. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess also, I, I don't know if, if, if we can connect this, but uh, regarding neutrality, I mean, Sweden also, of course, especially during the Second World War, was also one of the countries who actually, you know, wasn't invaded by uh, the Nazis. Yeah. And... Uh, we had a bunch of stuff that we uh, actually, you know, we exported iron ore to to uh, both sides, and we have the uh, 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 factories contributing to, uh, you know, the war basically basically keeping the, the the wheels in motion out of the war, and 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 again that kind of to me hints that you know powerful hands are behind the war because if you can, you know, just uh, if you just can cut the resources to the war, there there will be no war to fight because we have no machines and no guns and all of that. So, I mean, do you think that there, there could be a, a connection or hint even regarding the name Switzerland and Sweden? Pretty, pretty uh, you know, close? Uh, I'm pretty certain of it, in fact. Mm -hmm. What you'll find, see, we, we, we are fascinated because we get mystified when you see a, a, a plan that's even 50 years in the making, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that fascinates us. However, it's almost unthinkable for us with our short lifespans to imagine people who can set up a future 500 years or 1,000 years ahead. Yeah, 
but that's exactly how this uh, inner priesthood runs this show. Hmm. They run, uh, it's intergenerational, they plan for hundreds of years ahead. Yeah, yeah. And that's not unusual because when you realize that the ancient pharaohs were taught the techniques of government from a very early age and told that their ancestors or their descendants would be running the world thousands of years from then, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, since it's a system based on money primarily, mm -hmm. and if you run the money, you control money, you decide what it is, how much it's going to be worth. Mm. And now you get to a stage where you just need to put it into a computer and all these numbers appear. That's what's called money. <laughs> uh, you can you can buy anything. You can force anything. Yeah. You can collapse countries easily, instantly. <laughs> and you can build up countries instantly. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't surprise me because they knew the power of wealth thousands of years ago. <laughs> and, it uh, all revolves around that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and... and I guess when they got the f philosophy that they reincarnate, I mean, that that's the payoff right there. I guess they, they even, I mean, I know that <clears throat> we have been talking about this earlier, that there might be the case that they actually are reincarnated, you know, back into the same <laughs> family bl uh, bloodline. That's in that right. Sense. That, yeah. That's what Plato talked about. Yeah. That's what, uh, that was part of the, the aristocracy of ancient Rome. That's what they believed. Yeah. Uh, they fed the lares, the fires and, and down below in their house that, that represented the spirits of their ancestors and they believed that the knowledge would come into the same family lineages <laughs> because of reincarnation, yeah. same spirits, yeah. <laughs> whether, they, whether it was true um, doesn't matter, but the fact is if they thought it was true, <laughs> it would certainly help them plan their own future. Yeah, ex exactly, certainly, uh -huh. because... Just as you say, I mean, it's, it's very difficult for for uh, I mean for for us or for many I guess many people today um, to kind of set set up you know live their lives according to this very very long term goal and and maybe not get anything in return you know instantaneously. Yeah. In that sense, so yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost impossible now to plan a future, which is also written into the shape of things to come. Mm -hmm. They said they get to a stage towards the end of the movie. They showed you this futuristic city, yeah, yeah, where sure. the same descended elite were up in the big, big tower building, yeah, and all the masses were down below, uh, complaining because because things were changing so fast in their culture and system, they had no normality to hang on to, <laughs> and they said, please, please stop the changes, give us a rest, yeah. And you see, that's the stage they're going to bring the world to. We're coming into it now. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it almost. I mean, regarding the again that that we have been talking about, this is a, a scientific order in that sense. And I mean, look at the scientific progresses, you know, that at least are announced today. I mean, as as you said, I bet you that you have lots of good stuff that we we don't have a clue about. But nonetheless, I mean, even the stuff there is admitted is, I mean. It's a tremendous progress, and things are moving extremely fast at this point. Yes, and we see the drive on now for for what they said they would do, mm -hmm. uh, which is to have a controlled population. Well, I don't know if you noticed that the, the Vera chip now was taking on sh uh, stockholders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're out there ready to, to... They've got implants being done in different peoples. Mm-hmm. The Mexican government's um, 
mandated that their own employees must all take the chip in their arm right now mm-hmm. uh, to be employed. Yeah. Uh, we have it being given out in bars in certain countries yeah. where they can load your money up on, and it's recorded on your chip. Yeah. Um, we've got IBM promoting their virtual reality, mm-hmm. uh, which will come, and obviously it will be perfected when you have a brain chip, you will think you're in a room with those people. <laughs> Uh, a simulated room with simulated people. Yeah. Uh, this is all in the open now. Yeah. But if you go back to Charles Galton, Darwin's book, mm-hmm. yeah. The Next Million Years, speaking on behalf of the, the elite, he said we will alter the rest of humanity, the lesser peoples. And he, But he says we, the elite, will not alter ourselves. <laughs> yeah. They must keep their survival capabilities intact. <laughs> But we won't need them because the state will be controlling our lives for us. Sure, absolutely. It's all pre-planned, you know. And, and he called it the next million years. This quite the boast. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, uh, one thing that that um, was a reminder of here was uh, regarding the the very chip. As you say, this has been stock introduced now on on the stock market. I know. I don't know if this is has taken place yet, but. An interesting note was that uh, they go through this screening process, the IPO, initial public offering um, process, where yeah. the very chip actually was during this project, uh, um, during this process, was actually getting a lot of criticism because it, the the security in, in these chips were apparently lousy, and the, and and the stock owners or potential stock owners, you know, wanted the information on this, uh, just how weak it was. They said that you, they actually can clone the chips and, and all of this stuff. They can just tap the information on clone it. clone your ID. It yeah. Was, they steal the ID code. Exactly. And, uh, and again, that's a red herring. Whatever they give to the public is meant for us to follow. Yeah. Because they want us to then respond, oh, no, we want it more secure, rather than say we don't want it at all. <laughs> exactly. Into their ball game. Yeah, I mean, this to me felt like the ultimate, you know, humiliation basically in regards to, let's say that you know in a few years you can't you know get a job if you're not shipped or whatever, huh? so you got to take the ship and 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 then also on top of that you know that you're shipped you know that you're basically you know you're viewed as uh, you're viewed upon as a as a dog or whatever, but mm-hmm. but then you also have the fear that you actually know that the, the ship actually isn't secure and that you can be easily cloned and the information is free to everybody so it's like a double ritual with these lousy very chips they're passing around now these days <laughs> yes so it's 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 garbage from all all viewpoints here <laughs> sure yeah. uh, they also want you to fear you see yeah but they want us to fall into the argument which is the side road they want us to take Hmm. Of, of demanding that they make it secure rather than say we demand that you abolish the thing altogether. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That, that's how they get us into their discussion. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, exactly, it's not a discussion if, uh, exactly, if, if we should have it or not. It's, uh, make right. them secure and, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then again, of course, you have the, the idea that, I mean, that they have RFID, um, tags now. Uh, basically, it was, this was released a few days ago that is as small as dust, basically. Yeah. So I mean, they they have this all these other other stuff. They had nano powered um, uh, batteries for RFID chips, and I mean, they have all of this stuff, very very small, uh, and in that sense. But but again, they're pushing this 
big ship for for the yeah. ritual purpose, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's one after the other, but the the, the rest of it's lined up to go. Mm. You just accept the first thing which you can visualize and see. Yeah. Uh, and then they take you the next step, the the, the, the more improved version. Mm. Yeah. And then the more impure, improved version, and ultimately. They, they could put the nanotechnology in any inoculation. Exactly, yeah. And you wouldn't even know you've got it. <laughs> exactly. So again, the, the, the nanotechnology is amazing because hmm. they've never described or told to the public how they can even work with anything so small. Yeah, yeah. And never mind create them. Hmm. And, and they can create such tiny little particles which are complete circuitry which then can go into your bloodstream and mate with another part and complete a circuit <laughs> and become a bigger unit. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is beyond anything which is taught, uh, even at university level, is way beyond all of that. <laughs> the it's, a, it's a much older uh, science. Huh. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, this is the nanotechnology. I mean, that's, uh, you, I can get vertigo sometimes when I think of the consequences if they actually... Uh, or yeah, I mean, if we are able to, you know, implement that in our in our technology in that sense, I mean, in one sense, I mean, tr- tremendous, I mean, liberation in some sense, I guess, you know, we can have materials that actually are self-regenerating. You don't have to, you know, parts that wear down and stuff like this. I mean, I can see a lot of good stuff coming out from it, but as as all things are, at the same time, there there could be a lot of bad stuff coming out of from this area, also, of course. The one thing we can be because of all the world conferences, because they even have a, a, a worldwide council on population control, mm-hmm. the one thing that we can be sure of, they don't want to extend our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you were pretty well a robot that was useful to them. Mm-hmm. Because they, they don't want to extend your life. They already say there's too many of us. Yeah, sure, sure. So whatever they try to, whatever they come out and tell you it's going to make you live longer, this is always a, a carrot for us to grab onto, uh, so yeah. that we'll go along with something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they won't do anything to extend our lives. No. They want us to be reduced in population. And they've been working on it steadily. That's why the biggest growth industry in the Western Hemisphere uh, are, are, are the fertilization clinics. <laughs> because <laughs> we're becoming sterile. Yeah. Through inoculations. Do you think that that is the main uh, main main uh, um, I- issue or, or main reason why why you know men men are becoming yes. sterile? Hmm. Yes. When I went to the oh, I went to the 1800s, uh, the conferences they had then hmm. on on population control, and of course they brought it. The easiest thing was well, how do we make people infertile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had international talks on this debates. And then along comes in the 1950s, you have Dr. Salk um, with the polio vaccine, supposedly cures of polio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they made that up to be a tremendous crisis, <laughs> and they blew it out of all proportion mm-hmm, to yeah. terrify the public. Out comes the vaccine, everyone takes it. The next thing you know, the World Health Organization tells us that the sperm count is dropping every year. Yeah, yeah. Now, then you go into the history of Dr. Salk, the great savior. He was one of the main members and spokesmen for the American Eugenics Society. Hmm. He didn't publicize that at the time. (laughs) No. (laughs) uh, Who was advocating vast, massive population reduction. 
the same man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put it all together. No, certainly not. No, uh-huh. no it's, it's it's right there. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I would like to uh, basically f- finish off here. We're, we're uh, up on the hour here, Alan. But uh, I mean, for for next time, next month when we speak, I, I would love to get into a little bit more, connecting this maybe a, a bit on the on the AIDS issue and also, of course, on the on the Africa and maybe why why th- that continent is being so you know heavily suppressed in in you know uh, all the aspects that it is and so forth. But uh, yeah. There is, there's lots to talk about. I also would like to talk about, I guess, the uh, the at the ending of the H.G. Wells, the movie, they uh, were, you know, op- were going to off off into space, and the 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 main character had this really scary, as I thought, a uh, um, you know uh, monologue basically, where he t- talked about the stars and that they were going to, you know conquer the other planets around the solar system and so forth but maybe we could get into a little bit if you want to about the moon and uh, and and you know why we haven't been back and so forth and all that yes okay <laughs> excellent you know uh, again fin- finish off uh, by sharing with uh, our listeners your your website and uh, a few of the materials that you have on for us there yes uh, check into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and .net and you can download lots of information for free what's for sale I will be putting more up for sale shortly uh, more DVDs as well um, and hopefully get my books out uh, to to help augment the information so it's ongoing mm-hmm. uh, this is a never ending story as well <laughs> but uh, it's ongoing and you'll certainly learn an awful lot uh, by going through all the talks Absolutely. It's uh, as always, Alan. It's a, it's a pleasure and it's uh, it's fascinating to speak with you. So I, I'm looking forward to next month very much. And and in the meantime, uh, take care and uh, we will talk soon. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for subscribing to Red Eyes Creations. We could not do this without your help and support.